On today's episode, I will be speaking with Tom Basford, the founder and CEO of EquityVest. EquityVest is one of the new kids on the block Reg CF platforms that's just getting started, and they are taking a unique investment angle to set them apart from the broader industry. A few things I'd love for you to take away from today's episode are that one, EquityVest is taking the lens of helping faith-driven founders and investors align together to back innovation that could help the world advance forward positively through the lens of doing well and doing good. Something that I think is important to hear in this episode is that faith-aligned investing does not mean you have to go to church every Sunday or be the most faith-driven person out there to find their deals interesting. Ultimately, faith-driven investing is rooted in good values and the scope of companies can be anything from helping our earth to humanity. And that sits at the intersection of massive market opportunities like clean energy and fair trade supply chain. Lastly, something that I learned in prepping for this episode is that nearly 47% of Americans belong to some form of congregation, be it a Catholic church, a mosque, a temple, or some other religious organization. That's an astounding 150 million people that are likely looking to align their dollars with their faith-driven values. And for me, that represents a major market opportunity. So with that, let's get on to the show and welcome our guest, Tom. Tom, thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So to kick it off, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you came to found EquityVest. So it's a rather serendipitous road, to be real honest with you. I, uh, my background is as a pastor. So I pastored for 30-some years, and about 20 years ago, uh, stepped out of that role, not because I was disenchanted, but because I, I noticed that uh, all of the kind of charity work that we did as a church was in the context of poverty. While churches have a, a motivation to share their faith and those sort of things, um, the common denominator is whatever you do in a charitable way, it's in the context of poverty. So I was trained as, in seminary and those kinds of things, not with not in markets or any of those kinds of things, but little by little it began to dawn on me as we would go places around the world or even in this country, we'd have a good positive volunteer experience for relatively well-to-do people, and then we would go back to our homes, and uh, it just started to gnaw at me that the truth is, were we really changing anything in that? And so maybe, you know, maybe that was a bit of a uh, midlife crisis for me. I stepped out of the pulpit, started a not-for-profit called Significant Matters, and um, we have been focused over the last 20 years on uh, how do we help the faith-based community, in addition to all the great charitable work they do, how do we help them think a little bit differently about the way they mobilize and deploy money? And could they begin to develop some ways of thinking and strategies, structures that could actually lift people out of poverty? So that's what we've been doing. COVID hit, and uh, so much of our work with uh, churches at that time shut down, and somebody said, you know, you guys would be a perfect fit to try to start a Reg CF platform for the faith-driven community. And I thought, how hard could that be? <laughs> a little over two years ago, we embarked on this, and if I had known then how difficult it would be, I'm not sure I would have, probably would have still done it. But uh, it has been one of the greatest challenges of my life and at the same time, one of the most fulfilling. And I, I look at all what I, all of what I've done over the course of these 68 years as 
as pretty meaningful. But, um, you know, I'm convinced that you can do as much good in this world through businesses that are run with Christian values and virtues, and that if founders will live out those values and care about all the stakeholders, it moves us away from crony capitalism and some of the other alternatives out there to saying, look, business is a great way to do a lot of the things that we want to do. And so, you know, how can the faith-driven world make capital available to people that want to start those kinds of businesses and for people in marginalized communities that lack access to capital? So, you know, EquityVest is that. EquityVest is owned by a not-for-profit. We're trying to uh, kind of create an ecosystem that has people mobilizing money for business startup and things like that. So just for people to understand, um, Building a platform is very, very hard. All of the regulatory requirements and compliance, getting all your licenses, everything in place is extremely challenging. Um, so just for you all to know, when when Tom was kind of hitting on that, becoming a marketplace in this industry is very, very hard to get started. And then obviously there's all the challenges once you do get approved, which is actually getting companies and getting them listed and getting them approved and then helping them raise money. This is not an easy go. Reinventing the private capital markets is a extremely challenging thing to do. And I think we have to be thankful to all of the founders who are willing to hop in and try and do something about it. So when you talk about creating a platform where you can find, you know, I would say startups and companies that align with maybe your faith-based values, how do you define that? What does that look like? We live in a pluralistic society and that to me is a value. We aren't trying to create a platform that has, if you will, a litmus test. First of all, I don't think FINRA would have let us go through with some sort of a statement of faith kind of thing that we put everybody through and said, okay, unless you believe this, that, and the other. And, and quite frankly, I think that that's an artificial way to do it anyhow. We are trying to reach a crowd that exists, that that, that are already, you know, for lack of a better way of categorizing, you know, they're probably church-going people, Catholic, Protestant, I mean, the whole the whole nine yards, that demographic tends to have a little bit more conservative ideas, uh, traditional kinds of stuff. But we're not even trying to define it in, in those types of ways. But what we are saying is that that is probably who will be attracted to our platform. That's who we're trying to attract. So in the same way that you put it back on an investor to decide, is the profit possibility or the ROI possibility on this offer worth the risk? It's a purely, you know, financial calculation in there. Great. I mean, do that. We're saying the same thing is true then on the kind of the faith-driven side of it is that we tell all of our um, issuers, look, there are certain things that we won't do. There are certain things about who we are and those sort of things, but those are broadly defined. You can find them on our website. I said you can be as explicit or, or implicit about your faith motive as you want. We're not going to give you a thumbs up or thumbs down because of any of that sort of stuff. But we want you to know that's a value for some of the uh, many of the investors that we're trying to attract to the platform. So in the same way that you need to persuade folks that you've got a good ROI from a financial standpoint, we're trying to develop a platform of people who are looking at you know double, triple, quadruple bottom lines, and it's your call. And so a few companies that we have out there right now, I mean, one of them is is fairly explicit about the faith motive behind what they're doing and the, the work that they're doing uh, in the uh, angling and the fishing lure business. And 
the women that they employ uh, that are rescued out of human trafficking in um, in India. We love that kind of stuff. And there's multiple others out there <clears throat> that are doing similar things. There's a whole movement within the faith-based world called business as mission. And it's, you know, it's people, it's businessmen and women who believe that business is a natural platform to live out your faith. And as you have opportunity to, to share it, uh, do so. And so things happening in this country and around the world. We've got others that are just deeply, you know, they're deeply faith-driven individuals. They don't lead with it. I'm having the time of my life having conversations with these founders as we go through the uh, process and just uh, listening to their stories and what uh, what motivates them, that kind of stuff. So the short answer to your question is it's a it's not a stringent test. Uh, and, and you, you know, issuers need to decide is this the kind of platform that, that we want to be on? Um, and, you know, what I'm doing, is it the kind of thing that will interest uh, these folks? And you know, so far, we, we haven't had any we haven't had any problems uh, with that. And we don't really expect that that is much of an issue going forward. The, the other thing that we're saying to issuers, and we're finding they all like this, is look, um, we're going to attract, we're going to attract uh, investors who do have who do want to see that you're doing something in the community they want to see that you're you're trying to right some kind of a wrong that you're trying to you know so we've got a ride share company that's coming out uh kind of an alternative to uber and lyft and uh, they just don't feel that the individual in those current in, in the current market out there are treated with the dignity that that they would like to see and so they're creating a company in which you know, the drivers are going to have a much, much greater role and percentage and all that sort of stuff. So anyhow, that's the kind of good that we hope to see out there as well. Now, to your point, you know, there's no kind of stringent labels that you're putting on that you have to do X, Y, and Z. Um, let's talk about a couple of the other projects that are on the platform. I, I, I believe there's one around kind of like energy technology. Is that correct? Um, yes, there was, uh, we had one, uh, in test the waters, uh, that has, that's no longer in test the waters, but the, probably the last time you saw it, it was in there and, and they're uh, holding off for the time being, uh, trying to get a few more things worked out on their end. I mean, you're, you're familiar in this space too, that, you know, after a while, if you've been in test the waters a little too long, it, it loses its ability to kind of do what it really should be doing for you, which is helping you get momentum going into it. But glad to talk a little bit about that because, you know, that is a good example of another company that's in this kind of broad faith-based world called Business's Mission. One of the things that I learned over the past couple of years is that, you know, when even the, the church, when they think about faith-based investing, aligning their dollars with their values, right, that come from their, their faith, um, you know, things like helping the earth, protecting the earth, taking care of it. That's a very broad category. I mean, you could almost put any energy technology right. company in there, but it kind of fits that criteria for them of saying this is good for Earth and humanity, and thus it aligns with their faith. So I, I just I like that example because it helps set the scope of this is this is pretty broad. And even if you're not a faith-based person, there's a good chance you might find something here that actually aligns with your investment thinking exactly. as well. Exactly. You know, in that case. And I fully suspect that company will be back on uh, at some point in the future. But and and that to me is one of the companies that checks all the boxes because you're right. 
you know, the whole idea of, of conservation and earth that we live on and all that kind of stuff is obviously a big issue uh, out there. And so here's a company that's, that's doing some stuff in that realm, but you take it a step further and that the uh, panels that are being built and some of the work that's being done is actually being outsourced to an, uh, a terribly marginalized group. Um, in context, and I won't go into where that's at and so forth. But, and this is what's exciting about some, not everybody, but some people, the uh, the fishing company and this company that you were just re referring to, those those folks are highly motivated by, um, you know, call it if you will, the traditional Christian missionary mind, uh, but only traditional in the sense that you know they have a heart for people outside of this country. And uh, they're not looking to go and become a missionary in that country, but they, they, they are understanding the value in which a business could be in that country. So, they, you know, you create, the, uh, you create the market in the United States. So, so you've got the whole supply chain. You're not, you know, you're not selling you know, widgets in this, in this country to other people in the country. You're actually doing something for the economy of that country and in the process you are working with marginalized people in that country. And so that to me is where it starts to get really exciting. It's like, okay, um, it, it's, it's multiple ways in which business can help solve the problems that, that, we're, that we all care about in this world. What is kind of your deal sourcing mechanism to find these deals that you're bringing to the platform? So again, my background is, is in the faith-based world. It's, it's so, it's, so obviously, um, years and years and years in this in this space uh, working with people. So I, so I have my own networks of people who know me and know about me. And so what we have done is, is we've identified some, what I would call key platforms, um, networks, if you will, out there uh, in the faith-driven world. And we've, we've worked closely with them um, so far. Everybody has been excited, albeit scratching their head a little bit, going, "Really, you're gonna, you're, you're really gonna try to do that?" Uh, but it, it's been, it's been exciting. It's like, "Wow, yeah, that would really be cool." So we've, we've spent a lot of time working with uh, some, you know, th these these would be high profile people, kind of in, in my world. They would be groups like faith driven entrepreneurs, faith driven investors, um, the business as mission global network out there. There's, there's various other groups in different sizes out there. And we've, you know, all along we've been saying to them, look, we're, we're building this and we're not, we're not building it for me. I, I'm not going to get rich off of this. This is, we're building this as a vehicle and a tool that the faith-based world can use, I hope, long after I'm gone. Um, and help lots of entrepreneurs, and I have a special heart that, that that we would, in time, begin to develop some real strong energies and efforts in marginalized communities, especially in the African American communities, where uh, where access to capital is incredible. I mean, you you can't you can't even get SBA loans, uh, and so they are that community is so shut out of access to capital. And yet, uh, I know so many entrepreneurial, I mean, capable people, especially in, in things like the trades and that kind of stuff, but they, I mean, they, they can't even get, you know, the, the 25,000 they need 
to um, start a drywall business. I mean, so now, I've, now I'm going to put on my pastor hats it's just such that they could create a, a, a decent living so that come Christmas time, they don't have to watch people like you and me give presents to their kids. Where's the dignity in that? And so, you know, part of my frustration with the church, if you will, is come on, come on now. I mean, do we really need to be the hero in, in somebody else's home who wrestled with poverty? What if we were to begin to try to tackle some of the more complex societal issues in the way that we tackle our own complex things? And I think that means figuring out ways to make capital available to entrepreneurs. So Equity Vest will, you know, with with profits as we get to the point where we have them, uh, I can't wait to, to begin... Uh, Utilizing some of those because you and I both know that the you know to, to, to do a hundred thousand uh, dollar crowdfunding raise, you, you're you're basically losing money. I mean, there's there's just not enough return on that. But and this is the beautiful thing, we're not we're not intending to lose money. We are a not you know so we say we've got the heart of a not for profit with the mind of a for profit. I mean, it's not going to do anybody any good uh, for us to not be profitable. We will be profitable, but. But because we don't have to pay these huge returns to investors who uh, have a stake in, in the company, we can turn around some of those things and we can take on some projects with truly marginalized groups that, that need access to this capital. And Equity Vest is it's in the DNA. It's in our DNA to, uh, to do that kind of stuff. What about on the investor side? Because all of this only works if, to your point, hey, the $100,000 deals aren't going to get it done. You need to see half a million, a million, $5 million deals getting done. Um, how do you get there? What are your thoughts around you know, bringing the faith community to actually get them to take action and invest their dollars into these businesses? Well, as fractional as the church can be or the faith community can be, the Judeo-Christian, Protestant, Catholic faith community, and that's really, I mean, that's that's who I am. That's my background. That And so that uh, that's where I have influence. And so it doesn't make any sense for me to try to influence in, in faith groups that I have no influence. But that's the, that's the place there. Um, as, as divided as we can be over so many different things, there are some broad things that by which the church, if you will, or the faith community um, can come together. On things, I mean, and it and it's it, it's things like you know we would like a more free and virtuous society, and defined along the broad you know using using the Catholic concept of you know the cardinal virtues, you know, justice and and uh, temperance and various things like that. I mean, even if you're not a, a, a strong go to church sort of a person, you, you tend to value those kinds of things. So, um, so there's you know there's this kind of heart. For, for those kinds of things uh, out there. And so we're not trying to reach the VC world. I've learned enough in this space to know that the people that are gung-ho kind of VC world are not are not messing around with regulation crowdfunding, that there's, there is something about, to use WeFunders' idea, the democratization of capital that has captured everybody that I've run into that has seriously invested their life in this. Um, that's what's gotten them excited. Well, in the year in this space, and you know it, I mean, the, the, the typical VC, the accredited investor just thinks a particular way. And I'm not saying that's a good way or a bad way. It, it, 
it is what it is, and it was created that way for good reasons dating back to the stock market crash. Got it. But then, you know, this whole valley of death, this this whole 90%, I'd love to see you guys do some research on this because every time I try to use this, our compliance guy says, give me the data, give, you know, give me the, give me the asterisks to, to, to prove this. But I mean, I think the, the uh, logic behind it, you know, is that if 10% of the, uh, the population is an accredited investor, 90% have never been able to invest, primarily have not been able to invest in privately held companies. Okay. And I, and I think that the same thing is true that 90% of of the companies that need capital in the United States are not served by the VC crowd. Doesn't make them bad. It just means you've got 90% of the companies that need, they, they could have incredible growth with somewhere up to $5 million, 90%. And so in the, in the typical world out there, you're, you're fishing for whales. And I keep telling people what we're doing, I'm getting to the answer to your question, is that Crowdfunding is not fishing for whales. We're fishing for tilapia. And and tilapia, tilapia are asking a, a completely different set of questions than the whales are. And so we're not there yet, uh, but we've got some good folks on the marketing side of things that are helping us, uh, helping us to develop the persona or marketing pers- uh, purposes to identify the average church-going person sitting in the pew. And that person is not asking the same question a VC is looking for a 20X. And um, and I think everybody is going to profit from this down the road because not only is it giving the retail investor that, what's the average now? Are we up to $1,500, the average um, investment per person in a Reg C is somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred. That's where it's been yep. trending. Yep. Okay, you, you know you you don't you, you just you have a different mentality when you're investing fifteen hundred dollars versus a hundred thousand. It's just a whole different thing, and and so uh, we're trying to build a um, a platform that will draw retail investors who are will share the risk. And now if you've got if you've got a hundred tilapia trying to support this thing versus one whale, well in fairness to the whales, um, now we've got the, the broader culture sharing the risk. And so I think uh, quite frankly, I think that's a piece of this that I just haven't heard a lot of folks talk about on the um, in terms of the, the, the persona of the uh, retail investor, is that you know this is risky best business, and if you want to if you want to play in this space, put on your big boy and big girl pants, because nine out of ten thousand dollar investments are not going to pan out. They're just not. So it's a risk, folks. But uh, something good happens in a in a culture when people are willing to risk capital on the front end to start businesses that become economic engines that begin to employ people that begin to do good things i'm excited you know if you know anybody that's figured out how to how to reach that uh, that retail investor and talk to them in a way that makes sense uh, i I'd, I'd love to hear it. 
Well, last question for you here, Tom. Um, when you think about what success looks like over the next couple of years for your platform, um, what's your vision and thoughts on that? Well, our uh, our our first metric for success is to get is to get to a point where we're cash flow positive, so that um, you know you, you've always got to you've got to establish your legitimacy as a as a company, and uh, and that's that's our number one thing. We're really happy we've gotten. I mean, the fact that you would want to interview me on this is, to me, is is legitimizing. But we've got to get this to, to the point where we've got a deal flow that is that is paying the bills and allowing us to hire the staff that we need and and growing. Uh, and then and then for us, the success would be, uh, you know, having funds that we could then turn around and uh, and invest in opportunities uh, and for especially for marginalized communities that need to raise capital at a lower clip than you know the half a million to five million mark there for us we would be jump up and down excited if if we could raise 50 million dollars over the next three years uh, through offerings on the site if we could help 150 uh, entrepreneurs and if we can grow our investor base um, to uh, 250,000 people out there. And I think, you know, 250 people that have been on our website and are looking at our offerings. Well, we believe that if we do that, that, you know, we'll be able to help the retail investor begin to think, huh, yeah, this, this is a good way for me to invest some of my money. Well, Tom, thank you so very much for your time today and your insights. I'm really excited for your platform to be in our market um, and to provide that kind of new and unique angle, which I think is really, really cool. And um, and for those who are interested, you could check out EquityVest and, uh, and join their community today. So thank you, everyone, for listening and have a wonderful day.